Hey, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA, Major League Baseball, the upcoming NHL playoffs, spaghetti and meatballs, by the way, on their way to let you know what's going down in these final days of the regular season, and so much more awesome new and existing user promos. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, don't you know, for multiple reasons. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast, as quick as in two hours, kind of fast. And of course, there's the same game parlay. You combine multiple bets from the same game into the aforementioned same game parlay, and you discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you lock in log in and uh, if you're new just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now sign up with the promo code minus three it's the word minus the number three so that they know we sent you and speaking of we Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass how about we start this show minus three with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3. It's draft week. The South swept the Nets. The Mavs are on their way, perhaps, to the Western Conference Finals. The puck is about to drop in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Some hash yet to be settled there in terms of seeding. Let's talk about all of it. But most importantly, it is NFL draft week. That's uh, that's obviously the peak of the sports mountain here in 2022. And let's do it. Let's just jump right in, Eddie Spaghetti. What do you think with your pal and mine, the Shecky Award winner in 2021 for our favorite non-football playing guest? He is the host. I mean, for real, one of the hardest working guys in the biz out there right now. Host three to seven Eastern every day. You better you bet with our other pal, Lockie Lockerson. It's Nick Costos. What's the poop, fella? Check. What's going on, brother? Great to be back on with you here today. And I guess this is like the first official defense of my Shecky Award from last year. Like first time I've been on since I won the award. So I, I take this yeah. honor and responsibility very seriously. Like uh, like Stan Lee wrote many moons ago, with great power comes great responsibility. So I feel, you know, extra motivated to really bring it today and have this be a special edition of your program as much as I can. Great to be on with you. Who's Stan Lee? I'm sorry, I've never heard of him. That was That's my impression of, of, uh, of your Terrible, my friend. Terrible Mike Francesa impersonation. That's I don't know how to do brutal. I wonder. I just I do think, like yeah, well, very anyway. who's, 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 who's Stan Lee? I could do a mad. Well, I can't do Mad Dog either. I'm not listening. I'm not from New York. And and also, I appreciate you keeping your hairdo. I know the listeners can't see what you look like, but you 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 have a muted, modest uh, hairdo going today, which I appreciate for a former champion of great hairdos. Now left with whatever this is called atop my. Uh, my head here. I don't know, but you I told really you on Twitter, like we could, we could fix your hair. Yeah. First, first off, my hair looks great. So it does because it's not crazy. It looked, I'm it saying it looks very head. nice. It's just not fancy. No, it's not, but this is like my new look right now. So this is like what I'm rolling with for a little. I could fix your hair in five minutes easily. You got enough to work with. You choose not to. And that's on you. Yeah. Well, like KD and Manu Ginobili and others, I do have the flesh yarmulke now, and that's something to contend with. But I, I'm vain enough. You should do what I, I do. Be, uh, what's that? You should do what I do with your hair. Like, you should get it cut really what? short, have a little contrast okay. on the sides. It doesn't have to be as extreme as mine. And you've got a, a nice beard. Get the beard brought down a little bit because it's probably scraggly in person. And then you do like a tight side sweep. And, and your money, and it would look great. And it's so easy. You walk into a barber and you ask for that. They could do it in 
15 minutes and you'll look awesome. I'm like, you look like you just stuck a fork in an electric socket and lived to tell the tale. I, 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 well, see, that's the attack I don't need, and that imperils immediately. That's how I motivate you. That's how I'm looking to motivate you. I'm like an old school football coach. I got to tear you down I before you. I can build you back up. I get you. Not the carrot, but the whip for Damashek. All right, let's jump into it here, Costos. We have much to kibitz about. Um, you know, like I already mentioned, one of the great sources out there for the gambler is uh, the rise of uh, of wagering continues. Costos has been at the forefront of it all the way here. And uh, I want to talk about the NFL draft, but put this into context for me. A little kind of newlywed game, if you will. Another tri-state native, Eddie Spaghetti, as you know, just predicted what Costos will predict. A lot going on in New York City and the, the surrounding area right now. Order of importance for the New York sports fan. The Yankees and Mets both playing well, the Metropolitans especially, atop their division. The Yanks hovering there for all the consternation of the of Pinstripes fans. Yanks are, are right there and, and playing fine ball. Ben Simmons and the uh, and the Brooklyn Nets disaster. The rise of the New York Rangers while the Islanders watch from the outside looking in. The the prohibitive favorite to go to the Stanley Cup final. Um, before the season out of the East, and now they're not even in the mix. And lastly, the draft specifically where the Jets and Giants are concerned, drafting four and five there. Put those into order of importance for me for the New York sports fan. What are people Um, buzzing about there? Well, you know that I'm a football guy through and through. So for me, the answer is always football. But if I have to like give an approximation for like the New York area, um, New York's a baseball town. So it's like always going to be like, Unless, like, if the Knicks are really, really good, then New York is a Knicks town also. Um, But they're not right now. Didn't make the playoffs. So I would say baseball is number one right now. The NFL draft, I would say, is second. Um, The Nets and the... the, People will be into hockey when, like, the Rangers start and, like, the Rangers are in it a little bit. But for now, like, I don't think anyone cares about hockey. No one cares about the Nets. And that is, like, people can take that for however they want to take it. I'm just telling you, like, I've lived here my whole life. No one cares about the Nets. That is just a fact, period, end of story. Um, so, yeah, it would be baseball first, then that, then the NFL with the Giants and Jets in the draft, and then I guess, like, Rangers and Nets kind of, like, tied for for last is how I would put it and feel really good That's about it. That's pretty that close thing. to what Eddie Spaghetti said. Eddie Spaghetti said no one cares about the Nets, um, but the Rangers have, in fact, started. They're almost all the way through, and they still have a shot at first place in the division. They're going to either catch – the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Washington Capitals in the first round of the playoffs. It looks almost certain here. Either one is going to be intriguing stuff for longtime Patrick division fans. But let's talk about pro football here. First of all, the buzz is the Debo Samuel. I love this is I I, I don't know if old school football fans like it. It really is a, a major turn. I mean, growing up, the only big trade was Herschel Walker. Um, to the Vikings was was the one seminal trade, and it really stood out because nobody ever traded anybody. Um, in the 21st century, it's quite different, and I do expect that we're going to see some more trades right up until the first pick is announced and, and, and probably after, too. Watch out for Baker Mayfield. I don't know if that'll be a trade, if they'll release him, but that's, uh, that's Dave's early prediction here. Baker Mayfield, the the Carolina Panthers won't draft a quarterback and instead are going to go after Baker Mayfield during or after the draft. Um, I think that's their answer there. I just don't think Matt Rule can afford another season of of telling ownership, hey, uh, don't worry, give me one more year. I got the kid now. Like, it's been three years already, Rule. Too late. I think he needs a guy who can walk in and win. And I think Baker Mayfield, for all the uh, slings and arrows he's taken, um, is ready to roll. But Debo Samuel... 
is rumored to, or the Jets are. Rumored I disagree to with that. I want. I want to talk about the. I want to talk oh, about the okay, go ahead. part. But 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 like if we, okay. we we can get back to that if you want to talk Debo first. No no no. Go ahead. Get get in on Baker here because I think it's I I we talked to David Carr last week and um you know he knows his uh, he's a pedigree snob like I am. Um, and we both like Baker quite a bit. Oh, and you go first overall. Yeah, they're they're the number they're the number one overall fraternity, of course. Right. That you know what? That's exactly right. That it it, it really speaks to the human condition. We like what we are in other people, but our negatives we really hate in other people. When we, when you see what's bad about yourself represented by another human being, we really hate those people. But when we see things. In ourselves and like Baker, like David Carr sees in Baker Mayfield. Uh, this is getting very muddied for me to try and explain. I think you're picking up what I'm laying down. Anyway, Baker Mayfield, I don't get I, the, the idea that he has been collectively sort of turned into a punchline and shunned by, by the football world. He was the first overall pick. He beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field in a playoff game, for goodness sakes. And that wasn't five years ago. That was like 18 months or so ago. How say you? Yeah. Um, my, my take is is a lot less about Baker Mayfield and more about the Carolina Panthers right now. And maybe like rules been completely neutered and it's Scott Fitterer, or, 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 the GM that's going to make the pick. This is kind of how I see it here. And I, I, I want to say I agree. I don't agree when they do this. I think it's the wrong move. But I do think that you're right, that they're not going to take a quarterback. And I do think they'll eventually trade for Baker and they'll might as well trade for Saquon Barkley and have the top three picks of that year's draft, which are all terrible. Baker, Darnold and, Ooh, uh, and Saquon fun. Barkley. I see it. I see it playing like if you're Matt Rule, Rule for, might not be the best NFL coach. It might be a bit of a huckster, right? A bit of a shyster. Um, he's not stupid. Clearly, right? Like you don't get to this position by being an ignoramus. He's clearly not a dumb guy. He has to know that his ass is on the line this year. So if you're yeah. Matt Rule. I feel like it has to, the thought has got to run into your mind. Okay, like, how do I save my own ass past this season? Like, Ryan Pace clearly tried to do that by trading for with Justin Fields, and, like, it didn't work out. But we see, and I don't think that this sort of, like, narrative can be dispelled or just, like, thrown aside when it comes to the NFL and guys wanting to save their jobs. So, for me, if I'm Matt Rule, if I'm Nick Costos and I'm in this position, and I'm thinking, what do I need to save my job? If you bring Baker Mayfield in, you have to think that Baker Mayfield is going to win in year one, not go nine and eight in year one, not go eight and nine in year one, but like to get into the postseason. I don't know that Baker is like going to be able to do that with this current, with this team right now, with a, a terrible offensive line being a little slight, a little injury prone, right? It's not like they've got like the, you know, like the 91 Cowboys like protecting him on the offensive line. If I'm Matt Rule, I think it would make more sense. You convince the owner and the GM to swing for the fences. You take Malik Willis or you take Pickett, a Pitt guy to satisfy Tepper, who's obviously from Pitt, where even if you have a losing season, let's say they go 6-11 and 11 next year, but Pickett or Willis is great in like the final month of the season or at least good enough where it's like, okay, like we feel good about this guy being the guy. Then at least you can sell like, well, I'm the guy to develop him. And you could stick around for next season, be like next year is going to be great because you've identified the quarterback of the future. So – I, I agree with you that I think that what you said is most likely. I personally think it's a recipe to get the coach fired. So I would go in another direction. So like, I don't know if this is really like an actionable betting take or more of just like a fun football take, but there you have it. Well, it's funny. I think we, we regard it the same, but we're, we're trying to solve it or it, we're getting in Matt rules head and trying to solve it to save his job. And by the way, it's the same um, dynamic that goes on with what we fans want versus a guy trying to save his job. This goes on 
all the time. People always wring their hands. Constituents always, like, why is this politician doing this? Because he doesn't want to get kicked out of office. He, he, he wants to be reelected. That's why he's doing it, to save his own It's a selfish motivation to everything. Absolutely. Of course, this is true. I just don't think that Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis in 2022 on that roster probably creates enough optimism. Whereas Baker Mayfield, and by the way, he already sold a bad bill of goods to ownership by saying like, oh, listen, Sam Darnold, I know how to make that right. He's got to get the real deal in there in 22. And like you say, I'm with you. I think he needs nine wins or thereabouts to save his, to save his hide. But John Lynch is now saying, he can't imagine it. I wonder if he'll get more creative as the week moves along here. He can't imagine trading Debo Samuel, Samuel to the Jets. I don't know if I were the Jets that I'd be falling all over myself to make that deal. Tenth overall to get Debo Samuel when he has said, yeah, if you trade me, I just don't want to, I, I don't want to do the thing that separates me from all the other wide receivers, namely running the ball, playing hybrid running back, getting smacked around after I get the ball in combat areas on the on the gridiron but how say you about this do you think that that deal may go through do you think um, Debo moves I, to the Jets or otherwise I don't I I believe the Niners here and kind of like the intel that I've been able to gather and when I say this like and I I, I kind of like give this kind of like disclosure like whenever I do like my own show or other shows like I I worked in the NFL for a decade for NFL radio. Like I actually do know people in the league. You'll never catch me saying like, oh, like I talked to someone in the Cleveland Cavaliers front office. Like I, I don't know that kind of stuff. But uh, I do have some good sources in the NFL. People that know people, I guess would be the right way to phrase it. Um, I, I heard before Lynch even spoke, there was no chance the Niners were going to trade him. Could they? Of course. Could they get bowled over with an offer and they get a godfather offer and uh, they take it? Of course. I do think the Jets would be the most likely team to kind of do that. If you just read the tea leaves, right? Really easy to figure out. They were the runner-up in the Tyree Kill sweepstakes. I think there's a case to be made. Debo's a better player in 2022 than Tyree Kill is and certainly has more career upside because he's younger, obviously, than Tyreek is. So I think it's possible. Uh, my guess is, is come, uh, I don't even want to say Friday morning because it could happen over the weekend. My sense is come Monday morning, Debo Samuel is still a member of the San Francisco 49ers. It just, you know, it's funny that the uh, the zone has now been flooded by all these high-end wide receivers demanding 20-something million dollars a year annually. And the, the draft is loaded with guys who you can control for five years at a much lower cost. I, it's, it's funny to me. I wonder how many of these guys are going to be satisfied. Devontae Adams obviously got paid out. Tyreek Hill is happy in Miami. Christian Kirk is the canary in the coal mine. Ultimately, he's the guy who's, you know, borderline pedestrian pass catcher making that level of bank. That's probably what spurred Debo Samuel and beyond. Deontay Johnson and no otherwise. Doubt. Look... Looking for more loot. I just don't see the the virtue if you're Joe Douglas sitting there to say, yeah, we'd give up the 10th pick for that guy and pay him that much. Well, money Joe Douglas is in save his ass mode. Like, what if Mekhi Becton doesn't play this year or is like a non-factor? Like, I, I think that Salah is on much steadier ground than Douglas is right mm. now for the Jets. Or Joe Douglas might be in save mode. Like, what if what if Zach Wilson just sucks? Like, if Wilson's bad this year, Douglas is done. Like he's out. He's not. Salah could survive because like you could easily make the case like Salah's not an offensive coach. Like and the GM picked this quarterback and could have picked another quarterback at second overall and didn't. The GM's done like much like Gettleman did that. 
I was just so right on all of this. I, I don't know what to take. I don't need to take another victory lap on all of that. Where if you're Joe Douglas, like the number one thing that you need to be concerned about is making sure that the quarterback is good this year. That is all that matters. So if I'm Joe Douglas, if like Douglas, like what makes, what is more of a lock to make Zach Wilson good this year? Debo Samuel or Garrett Wilson? Debo Samuel or Drake London? Debo Samuel or Jamison Williams in November or October when he's ready? Like it's Debo. So I do think there's a selfish motivation there as it concerns Hmm. Joe Douglas. Now, not every team operates like that where like you don't necessarily have a GM that's feeling the heat. But I think the Jets in this specific instance would be a team that would make sense for the reasons that I laid out. I do think ultimately the Niners will opt to keep him. Interesting. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a good thought that Joe Douglas, I, I for whatever reason, feel like. He is in decent shape there in New York. I feel like there's reason for optimism if you're a Jets fan, but you're absolutely right. If they fall on their face again this year, um, and and for what it's worth, Joe Douglas earlier this week threw all his weight behind Zach Wilson. 100% believe in, in uh, the he star power to. of this What's guy. he going to be like? Yeah, I took this guy second overall last year. He sucks. Like, of course he's going to say that. He has to. Well, I don't know. You could be, <laughs> you, you could probably dance around it a little bit more, but, but interesting thought there. Uh, Derek Carr took to social media to announce that uh, there's no chance Darren Waller is going to leave the Raiders. I kind of buy that given that they moved heaven and earth to bring Devontae Adams to really make that a, a potent offense there in Vegas. I It would be strange if they moved Waller this year, maybe next year, but I don't think it happens in 2022. I, I'll buy what, uh, what Derek Carr is laying down there. Lots of great bets, lots of fun bets you can make at FanDuel.com. Get over there and do that and make sure you use the promo code minus three. But I want to talk about the Jets and Giants specifically for obvious reasons as we hear your uh, your tri-state accent breaking through there. Eddie Spaghetti, you feel free to jump in here as well with this sort of thing. And uh, at FanDuel, there are some specials, Jets and Giants, who they're going to take. And then I, then I want to have uh, some fun with you um, about something. Uh, yeah, by, by the way, everybody with the everybody putting out mock drafts, the, the ubiquity of mock drafts, the oversaturation uh, 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 of mock you know, drafts I used to do and people announcing for Bleacher people Report, do 198 mock draft. What's that? I used to, when I worked at Bleacher Report, they used to have me do a mock draft and I would laugh. Cause I'd be like, like I would like get stoned the night before and like watch TV. And then the next morning would wake up and like do a mock draft, like in like my, my living room and my, my, my crappy one bedroom apartment in Astoria and be like, well, let me, I, I think this guy makes sense because they need him. So I'm going to put this guy I did the best That's I could, I, but it just goes to show you like there's only like a handful of mock drafts that actually matter from the people that actually talk to people in front offices. Otherwise, it's just noise. So I don't think I don't think I'll, I'll go one step further. I don't think anyone's mock draft matters. Daniel Jeremiah just put out his top 100 players or top 300 players or whatever. However many players he ranked out. Chris Trapasso did the same. That, those, that's what matters. That's that is what they are telling you. That's who they think the players are. They're just slotting guys because it's fun because, yeah, they heard. I disagree a with you here in the. I, I, I talk to the guys who do it and they say, I don't know. I mean, like, look one week to the next. Things change all over the place. I mean, so it's based on some information that they're hearing. But they but but they they to them, much more important is how they rank the quality of player, not where they slot the players in their in their uh, uh, six to 17 mock drafts that they put out between February and, and right now. But anyway, um, so. Giants and Jets, you can get these specials at FanDuel right now. Fourth overall pick. Who do you see the Jets taking here? You know, I 
I actually like I wish I had a better answer to give you on this. I actually feel like I have a really good idea of what the Giants are going to do at five. I think for the yeah. Jets, um, it's and this is not going to be like breaking, like breaking news, like film at 11 of what I'm about to say here. I think the Jets could go one of three ways with the fourth overall pick. I don't think wide receiver is an option for the Jets at four. I think wide receiver would be an option for the Jets at 10. Um, I can kind of rank them in order of like the way I see it happening. One would be edge rusher. Two would be cornerback. Three would be offensive lineman. I feel like lineman is the least likely. Again, if you're D- Joe Douglas, like you took Vera Tucker last year early, you invested obviously a resource in Mekhi Becton, a, a top 10 pick a couple of years ago. I think if you're Douglas, like you kind of have to, you've put your eggs in this basket already. Um, I, I think you kind of have to like hope that Becton gets rolling a little bit here. And I think they address the offensive side of the ball with the second of their, of their two top 10 picks at number 10. So I think pass rusher is the most likely. Now, in order to fully answer this question, I think we need to start at one where I believe, I do think there's a chance that we get a curveball thrown. I have heard from multiple people and I believe the reporting that Trent Baalke wants Trayvon Walker and Doug Peterson wants an offensive lineman. I think that hmm. this is, we can't, can we curse on this podcast? I shouldn't, right? I won't. You may. You said you hide may. instead of ask. Please. No, I won't. It's a messed up situation in Jacksonville. It's not a stable franchise with a stable oh, owner. Maybe like a great Wait, man. Wait, Herb got kicked out though. It's still a mess is what you're saying. Well, I mean, how could it, how could it not be? They kept, they kept Trent Balky. I'd rather have Balky from perfect strangers making picks for me than Trent Balky and hiring people. Uh, so like, look who's it, a stinker. Is today. there, yeah, rust and in tall. Um, so I do think like it's possible that Shad Khan wakes up on Thursday morning and says, you know what? Like, I'm going to let the Super Bowl winning head coach that I just hired make a pick to support our franchise quarterback and take Iki Aquanu first overall. I think that's in the realm of possibility. But I think what's hmm. more likely, and wow. I have money on that for Aquano to go number one, I think that's still very possible because I think there's instability with ownership, right? But let's just operate under the assumption that Walker is the number one pick, which I think is the most likely outcome at this point. I have it on what I consider to be fairly like good authority that the Lions will not go with Kayvon Thibodeau at two, that they will take the hometown kid, Aiden Hutchinson, and that Hutchinson goes second overall to the Detroit I like that. I I like that a lot. Eddie Spaghetti and I have both been saying for months now, Malik Willis at two there. I do think that the Lions are in a funny spot where Dan Campbell is probably there. For whatever reason, it felt like coming out of the season, like there was cause for some optimism if you were a Lions fan. And as we keep pointing out, the NFC is a little depressed compared to They're the AFC again. right now. They have no chance. I know, but I, I have no I'm not chance. talking about what I'm not talking about reality. I'm talking about their perception, their fan base, what's going on in the organization. I feel like they feel pretty good and so they don't want to build necessarily for two or four years from now i think they buy in there in the building i just get the vibe of this that they feel like you know what nine wins isn't beyond the realm of possibility and so we should draft for now not for uh jared goff's replacement i think they that's the vibe i'm picking up so i don't think malik willis makes as much sense there and and by the way I love the pick. I know uh, hardo people are like, it doesn't matter. Can he play football? 
it's a cool story if the Michigan kid moves down uh, 45 minutes to to Detroit and and puts on that uniform. That's cool. You can't let that come and go, If I, I think, if you're the Lions. I think that's a, a great story you don't want to pass on. And by the way, he's also a stud. I don't care what his arm length is, if it's an inch too short uh, by by uh, typical standards there. Okay, so so you're going Hutchinson at two there. And then, okay, so now we come to Houston. And there's a lot of smoke out there about Houston taking a corner. Um, I did my second top 10 mock draft on You Better You Bet, which is supposed to show you. Like, well, it's the one I'm hearing mock draft. So it's not like I try to make it like not my own opinion at all. I had Houston okay. taking, and now it's, it's, it's just so funny how this works. And like, I'm not an expert. And I don't claim to be one, but you have people out there claiming to be experts who are now all like, oh, well, Daryl Stingley is going to go. It's like, yeah, like I I said that on the show on You Better You Bet last Monday. I had in my mock draft yesterday on Monday that Stingley was going to go third. Now today on Tuesday, oh, Daryl Stingley is going to go. Just goes to show you like, I don't know anything, but I don't don't claim to know anything. Anyway, so I had Stingley going third to kind of like honor some of what I've heard about like him rising up boards that Houston might be interested in a corner. My gut kind of tells me, and also a conversation I have with someone today that I really respect that Nick Casario is MO has never been when he was with new England. And you could say, well, it's Belichick. Certainly of course, but like in his time in new England, like they didn't take corners early in the draft. It was kind of never their thing. I think Houston knows this is a long-term rebuild. They're not bashful about kind of expressing that. Um, we know Tunsil's not going to be there long-term. You're going to need a left tackle of the future to protect Davis Mills or whomever the quarterback is. I, as of right now, I think that pick is Icky Aquanu. I think Aquanu goes hmm. third to the Houston Texans. So now we come into a space with the jets, right? Where, it it's funny that that typical. feels like a luxury, but the shutdown corner, generational talent, all that, the way people talk about Stingley, it's funny that it feels inessential to a team that's far away from making a playoff run, but the building block of a left tackle is something that you would uh, that you would take. I wonder if they regret doing that, but I buy exactly the logic you just laid down there. Okay, so now we're to so, the Jets. So now I think it takes us to four. And now I think, assuming that it has gone the way I think it's going to go, which it may not, I think the Jets are choosing between Thibodeau, or Thibodeau, I guess it is, right? Thibodeau, Stingley, Gardner, Neal, Cross. I feel like it's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. My sense is, is that it would be Thibodeau going forth, but like I can't report that on good authority or like... Uh, the Jets are a little bit of a mystery to me right now. So in lieu of giving you an answer on the Jets, which I'll be making up, because like it would be a guess on my part, let's go to the Giants at five. And I'll well, give you something Well, Thibodeau plus 175 for what it's worth, if you want to look there. Sauce Gardner plus 350. Jermaine Johnson, the the big riser there, plus 350. Um, and uh, and Walker still on the board there at plus 700. It's, it sure seems like he's going to be off the board. But it's he's an interesting guy because I don't get the the sense that if the Jags don't take him first overall, I'm not sure where he slots exactly in the top 10. Five to seven if, would uh, be my guess. Honestly, I think he drops a little bit. Oh, the okay. Jaguars so you think the Giants I, would grab him if, okay. All right. So potentially there you go. J- jump to, so, so you can get these, you can bet these specifically. Um, so at number five, how say you with your beloved Giants? Okay. So the Giants, I believe, um, from what I understand to what common sense tells me, and I, this could all be wrong. So I don't mean to rep- say any of this is fact. It's all information. It's all smokescreen season. It's lying season in the National Football League. I think the Giants are going to take an offensive lineman at five. I think that they are rightfully at least spooked by the idea that Carolina will take one at six and do not want to lose potentially the guy that they want. Um, there is a lot of reporting out there on both sides of this as it regards Mississippi State tackle Charles Cross. Now, the Giants have 
a left tackle and Andrew Thomas. So you would think that if they were going to take a tackle, it would be someone that would play on the right side. Cross played left tackle at Mississippi State. I am told the Giants worked out Cross at right tackle at their pro day and that they feel comfortable enough in Charles Cross playing the right side as a rookie that they would take him at fifth overall and choose to pass Evan over Evan Neal in order to take Charles Cross. So hmm. that all can change depending on like what happens if Aquano's on the board. I think they would take Cross because Aquano is like strictly a left tackle. I think that's what the NFL thinks, right? I actually I feel pretty good about that exact matchup, Giants and Charles Cross with the fifth overall pick. I like it. Get that one at plus one seventy, and you just heard uh, your pal Costos say that. All right, fascinating stuff. Um, I, you know, the QB stuff, the QB intrigue I could talk about for the next, uh, six and a half hours, but everybody's weighing in right now. Everybody's floating what they think you're better informed than the, than the majority of people out there talking into microphones about that. But let's, but indulge me. This is minus three. This is, uh, this is nominally, I guess, uh, this is my gig to control. So let me control it here and let's do something that I love to do pretty much uh, every year around the the uh, the draft experience here. Let's do the all-time draft of 2022 and I am now expanding the draft pool from the current student athletes who have made themselves eligible to all human beings ever besides the guys currently in the NFL. So, in other words, you could draft Jim Brown if you want to. You could draft John Elway if you want to. Dan Marino, Deacon Jones, or otherwise. But let's treat this as though we don't know that Joe Montana, as a third-round pick, is destined to become the 1A greatest quarterback of all time and the sixth-round pick, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Well, Tom Brady is in the league now. He would have been eligible, but you still wouldn't draft him because nobody knew that he was going to become the GOAT. Nobody thought he was going to be a viable starting quarterback when he got drafted. Um, so we have to set those guys aside. Let's play to pedigree. We knew who the studs were coming out of school, the guys who were guaranteed home runs. Some of them turned out to uh, to pop out weekly. Jamarcus Russell comes to mind. Um, you know, Tony Mandarich and beyond. But let's let's do a little... All-time draft in here. I want to hear what a Giants and Jets fan, Eddie Spaghetti, feel free to jump in here too. Jacksonville, let's apply 2022 actual team needs. What the bulky, what a Peterson and company down there in Duval County actually need right now. They wouldn't take a quarterback, of course, because they already have Trevor Lawrence. You understand the process here? So I think they would look to tune up the defense here. I'm going to give them Reggie White from the University of Tennessee. I think that uh, that's a strong pick for that team. That's a, that's a need down there in Jacksonville. I think they don't pass on uh, on the uh, pass rusher who has so much promise and strength coming out of Knoxville. How say you? I agree completely. Jacksonville's going to play like mostly a base 4-3, and you put him on one side and Josh Allen on the other, and you have a dynamite pass rushing duo. Um, I, I think like L. I think LT is better than Reggie White, but I think maybe Reggie White in this particular instance is kind of like, and it was probably a little bit more of a highly regarded prospect, I think, coming out of college. So I I, I, I actually, I have no disagreement with you on, on Reggie White here going first overall. Well, Lawrence Taylor is, uh, I mean, he really is setting the bar, uh, setting a whole new standard there on the edge coming out of Chapel Hill there. He is, uh, this guy is fast and he's strong. In fact, he even projects ahead. But primarily a 3-4 pass rusher, right? I guess maybe like sure. in today's game, like he would just he would just play in a 4-3 and just like, 
I don't even know who he'd be comparable to at this point. Like, is he's Miles well, Heisman runner-up? Heisman runner-up Hugh Green out of Pitt is uh, is another highly touted guy. Lawrence Taylor, though, according to the scouts, uh, just a tick better, a more promising pro future awaits uh, LT. So let's see where he goes. Meantime, at number two, the Detroit Lions. We can go around this. A lot of needs, obviously, for the Lions in 2022. I think they can't pass on a guaranteed home run at quarterback. I think they go with the golden-haired kid out of Stanford. John Elway is the pick for the Detroit Lions. How say you? Yeah, I think we can kind of like, we could quibble with kind of like the quote-unquote like generational quarterbacks with his Elway, Luck. I guess Trevor Lawrence wouldn't be eligible because he's on the Jaguars right now, but I think it's probably one of those two guys, right? Those are the two like real big, at least in my lifetime, and Elway was drafted, Um, what year was Elway? It was 83, right? The year I was born? Yeah, sure, the, the famous draft, the 83 draft, and I think they would give some consideration to the other, to the uh, to the lefty out of BYU, Steve Young. You know, another guy who doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of negatives um, on his uh, on his resume. Tell you what, everyone, everyone loved Eli Manning also. Just like I just want to say that that like people forget how highly regarded Eli was coming out of Ole Miss, how regarded Peyton was coming out of Tennessee. But I think like Elway is generally regarded as like the creme de la creme of quarterback prospects coming out of college. So, again, you'll get no disagreement from me here. I think Elway would be is a fine second overall pick. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, there's a, a, another kid out of Ole Miss, um, a, a Heisman um, candidate himself. Um, Archie? You know, things got a little sideways, broke his arm in his senior year, but his junior year, he was electric, can run the football, can throw it, really projects to be an impact player here in the 21st century. Archie Manning out of Ole Miss, I think, is somebody also worthy of a, of a good long look there. But ultimately, I do think they go with the big arm guy, John Elway. The Houston Texans are next on the board at number three. You know, a lot of different, but I mean, obviously they are a million miles away from Super Bowl contention there. I think they'd like to lure fans back into the seats. How better to do that than, than by taking 1977 Heisman winner from the University of Texas, Earl Campbell. How say you? I'll say you'll never learn. What do you mean? It's, it's fun. pathetic. Take a run. Don't we know? Yeah, it's fun, but it's also stupid. Like take a running back. Like no, no running backs. Never a running back. I think you don't he'll need be a very popular back. in Houston. I think the Tyler popular. I think, great. I think people are going to love him. Are you trying to sell jerseys? Or are you trying to win games? You trying to sell jerseys? Or are you trying to win games? What are you trying to do? Well, I, I think you're going to sell a lot of jerseys because when defenders get their hands on this kid, I'm telling you, those those jerseys are just going to shred off his back. Uh, you know, like a piece of paper. I, so that's my prediction. And he's going to steamroll a lot of uh, pro defenders too. Sure. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know who, you know who does that now? Uh, Heisman trophy winning running back, Derek Henry, who was taken in the second round. So you would take a running back third over. No, literally like anybody else would be a better pick. I'd, I'd rather take. Okay. What about like, the kid? What about the Heisman winner out of USC? OJ Simpson. Any thoughts to him? I'd rather uh, take uh, about him. Well, you know, I, I kind of got some off the field problems. I'd rather take Iki Kwanu this year at third overall than Earl Campbell at third overall. Not knowing that <laughs> Kwanu is going to be good. <laughs> All right. Now it gets juicy. The New York Jets sitting there. We've gone over their 2022 draft needs already. We've talked about the current player pool available to them. We've expanded it now to the full universe. The New York Jets could go with a offensive tackle could go with a wide receiver i think they go edge rusher here i think they go down to chapel hill north carolina and they get number 56 lawrence taylor yeah it pains me as a giants fan to see the jets going with lt but again like 
I, I agree with three of your oh, first you four picks. Oh, you wanted him? You'd like to see LT. You'd love to see LT wearing big blue. Would I like to see blue. LT Sorry. as a giant? No, why not? Yeah. Why would I want to see that? Well, I mean, you'll yes, still get to watch him because he's wearing LT. green. He's wearing green now. So, okay, that brings us to, I, I want you to make this, I want you to make this pick here as the Giants representative. At number five in the all-time draft of 2022, where are the New York football Giants looking? Well, I think the Giants feel would feel really good about um, getting an offensive lineman at seven with highly regarded prospects like Orlando Pace and Jonathan Ogden, like one of the Walter Jones, like one of those three guys will be there. And I guess the question would be like, do we want Andrew Thomas to continue playing left tackle? Like, could either of these guys kick out and play on, on the right side, potentially? But we feel good about mm. Jonathan Ogden, who obviously did not play left tackle to start his career, about Ogden at least starting on that side, potentially, and feel that way about perhaps Anthony Munoz as well. But I think we would rank in order. Orlando Pace would be the most highly regarded, followed by Ogden, then Walter Jones. Munoz with some knee concerns coming out of college. So we feel really good about taking any of those four offensive linemen at seven. So instead, we want to opt for the greatest cornerback of all time, as we look to get Don Wink Martindale, a shutdown cornerback on the defensive side of the ball. And we can't look past neon Deion Sanders here. So we're going to take the Giants. We'll take Deion Sanders at fifth overall, who instantly becomes the most marketable player in the entire league. Boy, that's a, that's an interesting one. Listen, lots of speed down there for the seminal uh, cornerback. I wonder, though, any consideration to the Boilermaker, the guy who can do it all there, returns kicks, punts, much like neon Deion Sanders. Rod Woodson, any thoughts? there uh i don't know i kind of think dion's better sorry also there's a pit kid uh obviously broke all the records there um and uh, won the heisman trophy to boot in 1976 tony dorsett too soon after yes. the saquon bust yes too soon too for soon. sure too soon. <laughs> yes okay. absolutely it'll be too soon 100 years from now it'll be too soon yes Carolina Panthers at number six can't pass on uh, one of the more highly regarded college quarterback prospects of all time. Andrew Luck out of Stanford goes there. You may recall that uh, that had he come out in 2011, which he was going to do up until the last minute and then decided to go back to Stanford, probably foolish. He would have gone to Carolina. He would have gone to the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton would have gone to the Denver Broncos and uh, and the entire uh, pro football world as we know it over the last decade would have been completely shaken up and and where we would be who knows dave damashek knows but that's a story for another time now we're going to come back at number seven you're going with which uh which tackle here now i where we feel most comfortable i guess pace would be like the highest rated tackle on our board but we feel really good right now about andrew thomas's progress in year number two so we're going to take the guy that we project that can play well on the right side immediately and we're going to take Jonathan Ogden with the seventh overall pick. So we're going to end up with Dion at five and Ogden at seven. I don't want to get hyperbolic. I don't want to be overly optimistic. I know the Giants have been through some tough years here recently. I'm going to just say it. I think this guy is destined for the Hall of Fame. I think he gets a bust in Canton. I said it. So, I think you, you make know. the case about both of my picks, honestly. Um, Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? Are you feeling comfortable with uh, with these picks here for your Giants? You happy with what Nick's doing here as the GM of your Giants? We're, we're lucky to have Nick as the ambassador making the picks for the New York Giants. Two great selections. I feel like they're both going to be Hall of Famers. I think the Atlanta Falcons at number eight would go with uh, the UCLA golden boy, um, Troy Aikman. At number eight there, like I say, Seattle Seahawks, they need a quarterback desperately. I think Steve Young fits in nicely out of BYU. Big arm, runs around. I think Pete Carroll can handle the defense. Steve Young will make the offense go. And at number 10, why don't you jump in here again, Costos? Who do you think the New York Jets take there? 
Well, I I think the Jets, you know, we have gone defense with the first pick, and now with the mm-hmm. second pick, we've got to get some help for second-year quarterback Zach Wilson. And I think um, in lieu of taking OJ Simpson. Uh, no, we're 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 set at running back. I think my Michael Carter is fine. Like he's fine. You don't. You, Don you don't Hudson Simpson. We don't do that. Well, Don Don Hudson was running past like accountants back in the day. So we'll we'll pass on Don Hudson. I actually Al think. Tune. And I I I, I hate to say this because I feel like it's like an actual terrible pick. Like if it were actually to happen like this, the Jets took a wide receiver first overall once already. Like and and correct me if I'm wrong. He's the did Irving Fryer go one also, or like, or no, right? He went Irving second Fryer to the Patriots. went one overall. No, Irving Fryer went to the was, Patriots. I, I'm pretty sure it was the first overall, right? So I think like the choice and or Calvin Johnson. I, I don't trust Joe Douglas's evaluation here of Calvin Johnson. I think he probably sees Calvin Johnson and saw well played in a run first offense. I don't know mm-hmm. if he can project to be great immediately. Maybe it takes him a year to get up to speed, and I need to save my own ass right now. Physical, so I'm going to take that the guy kid, that though. I feel like. Phys got all the physical tools, but you know what? Played in the triple option offense at Georgia Tech. Maybe it takes him a year to get up to speed, and I can't afford to wait that long. So I'm going to take a guy that I know steps onto the field immediately and has the swagger to succeed, like some of the swagger in the locker room to take some heat away from the quarterback who may not, who's obviously coming from, you know, from from pro from from uh, from from the uh, where, where did Zach Wilson play? Go to college? BYU? Where did he go? BYU? Utah? Yes, yeah, what that's right. BYU. That's right. Going like from playing at one of these at that at, at a location where he's not going to be under intense media scrutiny and take a kid who has always been under intense media scrutiny and the second biggest media market in the country. We're going to Southern California and uh, to, to, to go to go forward. Sometimes you must go backward with the 10th overall pick. The New York Jets select Keyshawn Johnson. Wow, that's fun. Number 19 there. Throw him the damn ball and all that. I mean, that that seems like a natural fit there. I don't imagine he's anything other than a bona fide superstar wearing that green. So LT and Keyshawn are now on their way to New York City and uh and we'll, we'll we'll cut it off there except that I will say at number 20 the Pittsburgh Steelers you may have heard Ben Roethlisberger has moved on um so with the 20th overall pick the Steelers could look to Miami of Miami of Ohio really talented kid big physical guy big arm moves really well for a guy of his size they could look at uh, Miami, Miami of Ohio star Big Ben Roethlisberger, um, they could also look. They would down take Louisiana. Eli before Ben. Well, they could. No, I don't think that's right. I don't think so. I think now Bill Cowher, were he still there, I think they might look at NC State guy Phil Rivers because Cowher really like. I mean, you know, he's a he's an alum from from NC State himself. Is Bill Cowher? I think he has a, a kinship of wow, sorts they take with Peyton, Phil Rivers. They take they take Peyton they take Peyton Manning and be done. They with could it. take the Tennessee. Yeah, they could take Peyton Manning. Although some concerns doesn't throw a real tight spiral. We always hear about the AFC North conditions come you know winter time. I don't know that he's a perfect fit in the muddy and windy conditions that you sometimes see in that division. Um, when the games get to be, there. it would be great when they, it would be great, but it would be great when they took Tim couch, that would be fantastic to watch. That would be, well, (laughs) well, I think it comes down to not because they're local guys, but because they're great fits there. I think it comes down to 
Alabama. You may not know, you may associate him with SEC and Bear Bryant and everything else and all his great deeds down there. But as a matter of fact, he's from Beaver County. He's from Beaver Falls. Joe Namath is, I mean, they talk about swagger. This kid's got it and uh, runs really well. Got a huge arm. I also think, I know there's some questions off the field about him, but uh, the guy in their backyard playing at Pitt Stadium just a few minutes from uh, from Hines Field, Dan Marino out of Pitt. You may remember, he, he stumbled a little They would never draft him, year. though. He was like, yeah, well, he was like, he was, what, the fifth quarterback off the board in that draft? Yeah, but you know what, though? If you if you ignore his senior year and just look at what he did in his junior year, there, I, I know there is some buzz inside the building about Dan Marino and how he projects and what a great story it would be okay. for the local kid. I think it's more likely they take Tim Couch. Born and raised minutes from the stadium, Central Catholic to Pitt to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It'd be a great story. It'd be hard to pass on if you're if you are the Steelers. All right. So that's it for the all-time draft. We'll cut it off there. Uh Nick Costos, you're the best. Um very quickly, NBA. Is it a lock? I feel like it's pretty close at this point. The Golden State is going to the NBA Finals. How say you? I feel like the Mavs, I, I'm, I'm, I'm angry with myself because as Eddie Spaghetti can tell you, for like six weeks or so, I was like, man, no one's talking about the Mavs. And then Luka got hurt and we then were. I backed off real fast. Um, you but I think that I think they wind up in in the finals, at least at this point, the way things are tracking here. But I think ultimately Golden State gets over. Do you agree with that? Um, if, if Devin Booker, if Phoenix gets past New Orleans and Booker comes back, I think the Suns are still very likely to make the finals. Um, I don't know. So I don't think I, that resolves. I, I, I don't so, think that kind of injury just goes away. I don't think you just get over that maybe. and move on. I think well, it's, it's a hamstring, a right? For him. Mm-hmm. Is it a hamstring or a calf strain? I've had so many injuries. I think it's in the a playoffs. hamstring. It's a hamstring, right? right? no, Yeah. So it's, it's just going to wait for it to heal. Um, yeah. So I, I still think Phoenix but like, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think Golden State's a lock. I'll say that. I still think Phoenix and Dallas, one of those three teams, I think almost certainly. And uh, just very quickly, your your pick to survive the East. I think it's going to be Boston and Miami. I think the Middleton injury sinks Milwaukee probably against Boston, not against Chicago, obviously. Hmm. Um, I think we can probably say that the Bucs will not have Middleton for at least the first half of the series, if not the whole series against Boston. Puts them majorly behind the eight ball. Boston's defense is absolutely insane. They're not going to let Grayson Allen destroy them like the Bulls have been doing it. And it really leaves Milwaukee, which is a really top-heavy team, and that's kind of like the deal they made was um, – Obviously, like to package some of the depth to acquire Holiday last year, won them a title. But, you know, when you start taking Jenga pieces out, it's not like you can replace them here. I think the tower comes crumbling down against a really good team like Boston. I think Miami is poised to make the Eastern Conference final. Philly might lose might lose four straight to Toronto if they don't. And Bede's not healthy. That's a team of choke artists with a choke artist head coach. I think it's Miami, Boston. Boston's better. I think Boston gets out of the East. Boy, that's a lot of fun. I really do. I am kind of, I know it's mean-spirited, but I am kind of rooting for no one to win that trade. We buzzed about it so much two or three months ago. I I, I hope both don't survive the first round. That would be a lot of fun. Um, by the way, one tip to you. I, I hate the New York Rangers. Not as much as I hate the Islanders or the Flyers okay. or even the Capitals. Well, definitely not the Devils. In fact, the team that's caused me the least... Uh, least emotional distress over my decades as a hockey fan out of the Patrick division or the New York Rangers. 
However, they're tracking to be really good for these next couple few years here. I encourage you to jump in on that team. That that's a fun team. Oh, to I'm watch. in. And once once the playoffs oh, starts, right. I'm in. But I just I can't watch. Okay. I can't deal with the regular season though. But I'm in. I'm a Rangers fan. All right, I'm a fan of yours. You better, you bet. Make sure you track it down on Odyssey. Uh, Nick Costos, as you can tell from this uh, this most, I think this. I don't think he did anything. I'm just one man, Eddie Spaghetti. I don't think he did anything to injure his case to repeat as our favorite non-football playing guest in 2022. In fact, I think he may have. In fact, I think he may have boosted his shot. How say you? I, I well, totally think well, Nick yeah, did, yeah. And, and the biggest reason why is because every guest you've tried to do the all-time draft with, they've gotten like flustered and said it was a terrible idea, and Nick was the only one to play along with it. So uh, kudos to you, Nick, for being the first guest I like to successfully that. finish an all-time draft. And look, you hey, can Nick. bring other. And look, you can give the you could give the award to someone else if you want, just because I feel like that's fine. But listen, I I know I'm the best person that comes on, so that's okay. It does. I don't need the award to kind of justify my own greatness. That's okay. But thank you for giving uh, it to me, of course. And I would love to win it again. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, we usually do it as a fan vote. This year, oh no, you know what? Last year we uh, we allowed Eddie Spaghetti to decide it all by himself. So other guests, if you didn't like the way. It was voted in 2021. Take it up with your pal, Eddie Spaghetti, who, as you can tell, has, you know, uh, again, an affinity. Well, I'll, I'll lose the popular vote because I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not a cloud chaser like some of your other guests, like like Will Brinson. But, you know, it's still, you know, I just may, may, maybe I would maybe I would. And just so people know, like, Will is my friend, just in case people get that confused. And I would say that to him. So all good. Hey, no, you can be friends with him off the field, but, you know, you're a competitor. That's all. You want to win, just like anybody else does. That's right. You you set that hash aside when uh, when it's go time. All right, Nick Costos, number one, get all his uh, – he's got more um, – I I've been told by a reputable source that Costos has more – Little nuggets to share with you in advance of the NFL draft. Make sure you're checking out You Better You Bet right up until and through this uh, NFL draft, hockey season, and all the rest of it. Thanks, Pally. You got it. Uh, wishing you and all your great listeners minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Now I'm putting on a hat out of shame because I, I my hair next to yours is uh, is a travesty. There he goes. Nick Costos, everybody. All right. Great times with uh, with Nick. What do you think there, Spaghetti? Another great show. I'm glad we got in, uh, in depth into the, the mock draft here. And I think, you know, if you're a Giants and if you're a Jets fan, if you're a fan of a New York football team right now with the picks, either four and 10 or five and seven, you got to be happy because there's going to be guys there that you could fit uh, not only BPA, but fit a need on your team. And uh, that's why a lot of teams like they're like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll change your picks, like trade back. Like there's not really an incentive to do that. I think right now like, we're in a good spot. Uh, if you're a giant, like, you know, there's going to be a tackle there. You know, there's going to be an edge rusher there. You know, there's going to be a cornerback uh, there. The Jets, same thing, corner, edge, tackle, um, wide receiver also. So I, I think you're in a great spot. It's uh, it, I know football was not so great last year for New York football fans, but I think uh, we're at the start of a, a better year here right now. Well, at least this weekend should be fun. The only bummer is, is that it's uh, it's no longer in Radio City Music Hall. I mean, that would have been it really is a tremendous bummer that it's not there this of all years with this many uh, top 10 picks for the two teams. But it'll still be lots of fun for the New York based uh, pro football fan 
this spring, and then we'll see uh, what happens come autumn time. Before we get to, I mean, I, I know I keep talking about it, but the puck's about to drop in springtime, so we're about to get to you with your pal Mikey Meatballs. You can make fun of his Islanders if you want to. That's up to you when we toss to hockey, but take off your hockey hat figuratively, if not literally right now. Put on your baseball hat, because I got news for you, the listener. Eddie Spaghetti's about to tell you who's going to hit a home run Today, Tuesday, at the time of this recording, because this season, all customers get $5 for every home run hit by both teams. When you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on Tuesday MLB games, the best part about Dinger Tuesdays is even if your bet loses, FanDuel will pay $5 for every home run. No better place to bet these things, of course. Perhaps the only place to bet such things on FanDuel. Eddie Spaghetti, take it away. Who's going yard today? So, so last uh, dinger we went NL we went with the Dodgers. I think it was honestly the Dodgers' like worst offensive output of their entire season so far. So I'm going to switch back over to my bread and butter, the AL East. The Sox uh, are taking on the Blue Jays tonight up in Toronto. Nick Pavetta is pitching for the Red Sox uh, right now. Nick Pavetta has a 10.03 ERA. He's 0 three in the oh, year. Oh, he's Not- been atrocious, and I know because he, he's on my fantasy team and he stinks, and I'm about to drop him. Right. He's having a brutal time. And there's a guy in the on the Blue Jays uh, batting order, Bo Bichette, who's batting 471 versus him in 17 at bats. He has two home runs, seven ribbies. I think if there's a guy to go yard off Pavetta and his miserable ERA, uh, I think it's Bo Bichette. So I like that. Bo Bichette right now on Fando.com slash minus three. He's plus 440 to go yard. So that is the pick. I feel very good about this. Lock that one in. Good analysis there, Eddie Spaghetti. I like where your head's at there. Bet it. FanDuel.com, most importantly, use the promo code MINUS3. And now, let's work in a quick break. All right, before we turn it over to you and Mikey Meatballs, Eddie Spaghetti, a quick shout-out to our pal Harry from Against All Odds. His wedding is upcoming this weekend. Everybody from the Extra Points Network pretty much is going to be there. Um, I'm going to be doing some stuff for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ever heard of them? Uh, be checking that out as the draft unfolds. So unfortunately, I won't be there for the festivities, but uh, shout out to our guy, Harry, on uh, on the nuptials. Great, uh, good for him. A, a lovely, lovely fella. Known him forever and uh, and very happy for him. Um, Eddie Spaghetti, you're making the trip, right? I am heading to Arizona. Uh, we're heading out there to, to Scottsdale to see uh, Harry get married to, to Angie. I'm very excited for Harry, uh, one of my best pals around, and can't beat Harry. And also, if you want to have some fun with it, if you're not going, right now go on the extrapoints.com slash arcade. There's the Harry, Harry and Angie's wedding prop quiz. Very, very funny. There actually may be a question in there involving me and meatballs, but go in there. It's free to sign up, and uh, you win. I think it's a $430 uh, gift if you win so um go go join up right now it's a lot of fun. oh i didn't know that i thought it was just the, the the standard gold hat which would be cool if harry wore the gold hat at his wedding that would be a real tribute to the extra points network um either way muzzle tough to to uh him and um looking forward to hearing all the good times from there now i'm looking forward to some hockey talk it's time for spaghetti and meatballs <laughs> Hey, hey, everyone. Spaghetti Meatballs. We are back. Eddie Spaghetti here with my good, good pal. 
It's Mikey Meatballs, and it's a very exciting week, not only because uh, we're inching closer to playoff hockey, but uh, our, our good friend Harry is getting married in Arizona. And I know if you go on EP uh, website, you go on the arcade, there's a, a, a prop quiz. You, did you see that we're involved in uh, one of the one of the questions there? I did. Um, I, I will say if you if you're taking the prop quiz, do not select me for uh, the one that I'm involved so, in. So the, the question is, we'll, we'll play a little bit of spoiler, but please go sign up. Sign up is free. Uh, just put in an email and I believe you win $430 too. Um, yes. and, and, and I'm guessing a gold hat as well, which we, we will ship you. Um, but the question, the one that we're involved is, is will Angie, uh, Harry's soon to be wife, will she throw her garter and who'll catch it? Uh, I feel, and, and, you know, me and you are there. I think it's the field. Uh, I think it, a dead birds, one of the other answers, uh, or there's no garter throw. And what happens if we, you know, we're friends with glue lady now. Like what happens if you just like glued your hands, like we, someone there glued your hands and like you, I, we just like tossed you up and you, you, the garter stuck to you or something like that. Would never happen. No one's gluing my hands together. You're, you're not getting anywhere near the, the garter toss? No. Oh, no part of that. Okay. No part of it. Nope. Wow. So the, the folks who listen all the way through minus three and hear the uh, spaghetti and meatball segment, if you are going to, you basically know an answer now, or you could, you could subtract one answer from uh from the put the prop quiz there but yeah we're looking forward to it it's going to be really really good time in scottsdale uh near the phoenix area although uh the coyote is not a good time if you're a phoenix coyote <laughs> fan but we're we'll bring you some joy there um but man oh man playoffs are coming soon i'm looking forward to it the playoff matchups are not set in stone just yet a few games left um a few games left to bet on too fan.com slash minus three so please go there we'll give you some best bets at the end of this but let's wrap up the regular season and uh, you're a fan of a disappointing team, a team that a lot of people had some high hopes for. But what, in your opinion, uh, which team, and we'll say which player too, are the most disappointing in your mind? Uh, I think one that, I mean, a few on the Islanders uh, come to mind. You could, you know, mention Matt Barzell, um, a little disappointing, even though uh, doesn't have two, he needs another playmaker. And I think that could come in the off season, but uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. But one guy that comes to mind, uh, Cole Caulfield mm-hmm. um, coming into his second, well, rookie, his rookie year here. Uh, he still not 20 goals, got a little bit better as the season went on, but that whole team was just off to a, a horrendous start uh, Montreal and they never recovered They're I think they're the worst team or they're tied for the worst team in the league with Arizona. Um, and, you know, it's not a great situation for Caulfield, but again, it's, it kind of shows you what type of player he could become if, you know, he's, he's going to have to get better, you know, not having guys like Deneau in the lineup with him and some veterans, if he's going to want to be a superstar, um, he's going to have to do some things himself. So, you know, could be a bounce back year uh, for next year, but they have to get better overall as a team. And um, I think he's just got to get a little bit better and more consistent as a player. You know, I, he has the talent to be a 30 goal scorer. So I guess we'll wait and see what to- happens. Totally hear that. I was going to say too, like the, the, obviously the age and the potential, you could see the ceiling with Caulfield and we've, we've seen flashes of it too. Uh, sometimes you're just, you're a guy who's on a team who is just incredibly bad. Like you were saying, one of the, you know, the Canadians are one of the worst teams in the league right now. So getting a player like that, you know, if he was on a, if he was on a team that was good, had some talent around him, I would not be shocked if he was good. And I still think obviously he's a bright future ahead of him, but I, I do agree with you there. I, I'm going to switch. I'm going to go, I'm not going to go a skater. I'm going to go uh, a goaltender. And this might be a weird one because the team was performing quite well. The St. Louis Blues, I think, with 109 points. But Jordan Bennington, a guy who was unseated 
by Billy Uso as the starting goaltender. This is a team that won the cup. I mean, this guy was, mm-hmm. uh, I believe he was top five in Vezina one year. He was seventh in the Vezina another year. Uh, he was in the mix for the Hart Trophy. Uh, he was a two-time All-Star. His goals against uh, in, in 2018, 2019 was 1.89. Like, this guy's uh, had 30 win seasons before. He was really one of the bright young goaltenders in this league. And now, you know, flash forward to where we are and he's only, you know, he's 18 and 13 this year. It's not terrible in just uh, 36 games he's played, but the save percentage barely being above 90%. He's at 0.902 right now. And obviously his goals against 3.1 right now, not great. Uh, only two shutouts on the year. So Jordan Bennington being unseated by Villa Hughes to be the, the lead goaltender on one of the best teams in hockey. Yeah. Um, that's not something that I would have seen. Uh, I would have not predicted that when they had the Blues are hoisting the cup a few years back, but uh, a strange, strange kind of drop fall from grace there. So like I said, the team, not disappointing, but just the player, but the team that is disappointing in my, uh, my mind, a team out West, a team that, you know, in this NHL preview that we did, I'm sure a bunch of us were very high on Vegas golden Knights to make the big move to get Jack Eichel, who, by the way, want to talk about disappointing players. You could throw him in, but I'm going to give him a pass because obviously he's coming back from a, a, a severe neck injury and neck surgery. And, um, but Vegas, they, they are like projected to be 10 million around there over the cap. Um, right now they're just inching and clawing and fighting to that final wild card spot. A uh, big, big matchup tonight versus Dallas stars, Dallas stars with 93 points, Vegas with 90 points. We'll get into those bets later, but Vegas, man, that's a team that, you know, they've, they've started, you know, they started this, this, uh, their expansion team in the NHL and they're right at the bat. They're in the Stanley cup finals and everyone loves them. They really great fan base there and they've been pretty competitive, pretty consistent through all their years. Uh, this is the year that people thought, especially getting a guy, you know, number one center like Jack Eichel, they take the next step that has not been there. Uh, right now, the time is recording, like I'm saying, they may not make the playoffs. So to me, they are are far and away the most disappointing team. Um, you know, if they make the playoffs, I still don't think it's it's still pretty disappointing because you, you we expected mm-hmm. way better things. We did not think they'd be fighting for your, the Dallas uh, second wild card spot. We thought they would be near the top uh, in points in the West, just like you know your 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 Avalanche, just like your your Wild Blues, Calgary. And they're just not there. So this is a pretty underwhelming year for Vegas. Uh, is there a team that you uh, you want to lay into right now? Yeah, I think uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, are a team for me. I thought, you know, they could hang in in that uh, that Western Conference there. I thought, you know, they'd be ahead of Nashville, Dallas, uh, definitely. Even St. Louis, Minnesota, I thought they could definitely compete with those teams. And even Colorado, I thought they would play tough. But it did not happen, I think. It's a case with the Knights, uh, Winnipeg. You see it with the Islanders, too. Um, some teams, like, this is just their COVID year, where yeah. in the past two years you saw some some bad uh, teams and then some bad goalies that are usually, you know, you're not used to seeing. Uh, a good example is, you know, Markstrom. He's had, he had a bad, you know, COVID year, um, and now he's great for Calgary. So I think it kind of caught up to some of these teams, like Winnipeg, the, the Islanders, uh, you know, a few others, and – it's just it's just a case, you know, of I, I think they'll be back next year. I, I know Winnipeg, they they ended up selling a few pieces at the deadline. You know, your Rangers got Andrew Kopp, who I was yeah. pretty high on. Yeah. So uh I think they're I and I did pick them as a sweeper Stanley Cup at forty to one at the beginning of the year and that uh 
did not come close. So they're they're my probably most disappointing team. Me, I mean, that's a great pick, me balls. I mean, I, I just was kind of trashing Jordan Bennington, but I mean, if I want to go hard at Connor Hallibug, I could do that too. I mean, he's yeah, you know, he a big reason could. why a big reason why they're not being great, and he his stats are slightly better uh, than Bennington's. I think he has what four shutouts. His goals against is a uh, little bit lower. Uh, save percentage is a little bit better, but he's a guy too. He actually won a Vesna. He was you know three time All Star, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know he was top five in the Vesna two other times. I mean, he's uh, really was as good as it gets. Again, another bright young goalie in this league and the team was overall just, you know, they, they are missing some talent. Um, that's that's why the Bennington thing is more uh, glaring because St. Louis is just a good, a better, a way better team. And he was not good. But the Winnipeg, like you were saying, overall, they did they lose some pieces. Um, but they, they were a team that sneakily could have been good. And like, I agree with you. It was it was not a bad bet to take them 40 to one. Um, not what we expected from them. Uh, this year, but now that we're heading to the playoffs and the matchups are they're like I said, not set in stone, but they're kind of, you know, we know what's going to probably happen. Most likely going to happen here. Uh, some great matches, really not a single bad matchup, but Meeballs, what is your favorite matchup? What are you hoping for? Any big surprises uh, right now? Early, early, early playoff preview. Um, what's something that you're looking forward to? Well, uh, on the Eastern side, uh, I think actually right now I do, I do think all the playoff matchups are are great. Um, sure, it would be really funny if we do get you know Washington, uh, Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Carolina, Penguins, Rangers, and then Pittsburgh, Boston, Tampa, and Capitals all advance. Yeah. Um, that would be typical Eastern Conference. Same old, same old. Yeah. But um, on the on the Eastern side, I do like Toronto, Tampa. I think that's my my most you know, uh, that's my favorite matchup uh, there. And then on the Western side, I think they're all pretty good. Um, but I probably will go Minnesota, St. Louis. On I think that will be the most competitive matchup on the Western side. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's so that's so so even. And I think uh, with that matchup then on the East side, like you said, uh, having the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, who like they're not getting buzz lately. Like, I don't yeah. know, people are kind of, I don't know, is it a fatigue thing or they just don't buy into them as much, but like, or, or just the, the the excitement of seeing these new, you know, the high flying Panthers or the high flying Maple Leafs, they make, the Leafs actually do it. That matchup, the Leafs like having this, this stigma of not being able to get past the first round versus a team, a two time defending Stanley Cup team, the Leafs having the probable Hart uh, Moral Trophy winner, mm-hmm. obviously the, the Stamkos now the number one all time point scorer for the Lightning. Like there's so much going on with both these squads. I, I that matchup is absolutely electric. Um, I don't know. I know I did say on our previous show months back that the Leafs were going to represent the East, uh, the East this year, and I said the Lightning will not make it. It's Almost a shame these teams have to meet in the first round. I would have liked to see that later on. That's going to be very exciting. And my my West one, if it if it stands pat, this one's interesting for a number of reasons. You know, I said a while back I thought the Ducks would basically be doing what the Kings did this year. I thought the Ducks and mm-hmm. the and the Kings were kind of in the same spot. They have some aging vets, like you know your, your Kopitar's dad. He's obviously you have the Getz that just retired on the other side. Um, you have some good level pieces. Obviously, uh, Raquel was moved to, to Pittsburgh. Uh, Trevor Zegers. So I liked a lot of of what Anaheim had, and I thought they could, you know, somehow just sneak by and, and be a pretty solid team this year. Obviously, this is what the uh, the Kings did. The Kings now going to play the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers probably the team we talked about the most in this uh, this segment, just because of the up and down year they had with McDavid and with Drysaitel. Do you move those guys? Do you add pieces to the deadline? Uh, Edmonton played really well pretty much since we crushed them since the deadline. They're playing really yep. good hockey. 
this is a this is a very interesting matchup because if the Oilers lose this this series to the Kings, who are probably a year ahead, if not a year more than a year ahead, mm-hmm. and they lose as much this this pesky Kings team that I, I do watch a lot of over here in LA. Uh, I mean, that's like got to be all she wrote for the the Oilers, right? Like you can't, you cannot, you're not going to be like, oh, we're going to run it back next year. Like that's it. Like, it's over with. I, I do agree with you there. The only solution I could even think of if they do run it back is you have to find a new, like a new goalie where yeah, you can consistently play it. But then again, no one's just going to give you a goalie. Like I know there are some free agents, but if you brought in like a, a Braden Holpe, who's been injured a bunch, is he going to be able to carry you to the Stanley Cup Finals? So it'll be uh, Flurry on the move again. A new, yeah. every year, new team. Just keep just passing around Flower. He could uh, he could end up on, on Edmonton, but then again, if they were to try to go out and find a goalie, you're going to have to trade a, a big piece, and you're just kind of rotating a problem for a problem. And as so. we're just talking about goalies are been anything but consistent lately. These guys who mm-hmm. are winning these awards, who who are playing in the All Star games, two two years later they're giving up uh, more than three goals a game. So obviously it's it is, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. But man, man, a team like that. I mean, I, I'm gonna we'll give our picks for the series later on. Um, right now, I'd still if my mind is kind of siding with Edmonton. I would be shocked if Edmonton lost. But if they do, I think this series, out of all the series that are currently being projected, this one has like the most uh, weight on it for one of these teams. Yeah. I, I, the, the Kings lose great. Like, you know, we're ahead of schedule. It is what it is. But the Oilers lose like that. That's not going to be good. But um, anyway, guys, saying that the, the, the actual matchup is coming up soon. We will have a full blown preview series preview um, next week. But let's end this with our best bets. Let's make our listeners some money here. A lot of good matchups. Uh, the next few days tonight has some, you know, some really, really heavy uh, playoff matchup uh, scenarios going on. I know meatballs, you brought up one of the matchups. Uh, the Dallas stars are playing the Vegas girls nights. What's your, uh, your feel on that one? I am going to take Dallas for tonight. Uh, I got out of net. Um, who, who's I think Thompson starting for, for Vegas. Last I saw, I think so. Yeah. I think, I think he's starting, you know, the whole Leonard thing has been weird. Yeah. He's out for the season, them. right? I know he's yeah. out for the season, but like they've said that multiple times and then he's ended up backing up games. Uh, but I think he's actually out for the season now. Uh, so I'm, I'm going Dallas. I just think, I don't know. After watching that Sharks game the other day, um, I just think Dallas might want it more than Vegas at this point. I think uh, Vegas, they look a little fatigued. I'm I'm with you completely on that. Dallas is a team that in the second half of the year played so well to the point where they decided to keep all their pieces. People thought they were going to trade away. Um, they know that, that Vegas right on their heels. And, yeah, it's kind of enticing to take the Knights plus the goal and a half. But I, I would probably – I'm not sure if I want to lay the goal and a half with the Stars. I may just take them in the money line tonight. Um, but I, I do like uh, I do like them in this playoff matchup. Yeah, it's, um, it's minus 110 each way, so I'm going Stars just to win. Yeah. Uh, is there another uh, game you like on the board tonight? There's a couple playoff matchups going on. Yeah, this one's not a playoff matchup, but I do like Tampa uh, minus two and a half for plus 130. Um, they're peaking offensively right now. They're just they're putting in goals at will. Uh, Vasilevsky, is, he's been a little shaky. Um, at the beginning of the year, I did say that's that will be their main difference in the playoffs if he's consistent throughout, which he usually is. But mm-hmm. um if he's consistent and he's healthy and he's good, he will carry them uh, throughout the playoffs along with their their high-powered offense. Uh, but I do like Tampa minus two and a half against Columbus. Um, 
anything else? Let's see. The, the uh, one, the, I'll jump in here. The one game that I like a lot, and uh, you know, I was talking about Dave uh, with Dave uh, off air about this, and you know, there's one thing in a hockey season you probably don't want to do near game 82, and that's like start switching up lines as you're heading into the playoffs. And that's kind of yeah. what the Penguins have been doing, putting some younger guys in the second line and, and mixing around who's, you know, Malkin playing with. I don't necessarily think that's a great move. And uh, this team is just not a high scoring team like they used to be. You have the Edmonton Oilers coming into your, your building and with the Penguins kind of spiraling in a sense, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not playing as strong as you'd like them to play. If you're giving a team, you know, I just was talking about them. If they lose the series to the Kings, like they might have to blow some stuff up, but I think a team with Dreisaitl and McDavid uh, getting a goal and a half versus a team that's kind of spiraling, kind of experimenting with lines, don't really love that. So I, I like the Oilers on the road um, getting the goal and a half. Yeah, I, I do. I do like that one, too. Uh, another playoff series here, Calgary at Nashville. I do. I think Nashville's undefeated in their season series uh, so far, I think. Um, but I do like Calgary to win this one before the playoffs coming into Nashville. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah. You know, minus one and a half. I, I think I just like them to win at minus one forty two. It's not too bad of a price uh, coming in away here. I, I like that, and uh, I'm gonna let's give a shout out right now to to Roman Yossi, who like most points yeah. in a Predator season, ninety one points for a defenseman. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna get to a hundred. There's not enough games left unless he has like some four point games, but. Man, oh man, like I, I'm not saying give him the, the Norris trophy because I want to keep it away from uh, Cal McCarr, or everyone seems to fall in love with, even though he's lackluster defensively compared to Adam Fox. But I mean, Roman Yossi, what a what a year. And uh, that's a great matchup, Calgary and Nashville. So we'll wrap it up there. Um, a great, great week of games left. Obviously, cannot wait for the playoffs. Cannot wait for Harry's wedding. We'll be back next week. Maybe we'll do an expanded um, little AO minus three combined mix pod uh, previewing the NHL playoffs. But we're all looking forward to it. Please go bet. Fender.com slash minus three. Listen to us. We're always right. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Should I, uh, should I wear my coyote jersey to Harry's wedding? I think I, I'm selling my pink suit and I'm going to put on like a, a Shane Doan jersey. Let's do it. I have, I have my green peyote jersey. Maybe I'll put that on. That's perfect. You're going to look great. And you're going to get the guard too. All right. Good stuff, fellas. Uh, good stuff. Nick Costos as well. Make sure, like I say, you're checking out his great show. You better, you bet. Five days a week. And we'll be back in mere hours with our pal Kevin Hench. I'm sure he is still drunk spiritually, if not literally, from his Celtics, not just beating the Nets. He's, they, they, they swept them, for goodness sakes. Um, so we'll look forward to catching up with him and getting his uh, thoughts on the NFL draft. All the rest of it in, uh, like I say, just uh, mere hours from right this moment. And until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.